Hi everyone, welcome back to the Words with Dragons podcast. I'm kind of doing impromptu, a quick sort of episode before I go to work and I do have to eat. So this isn't going to be super long, but I did want to do something because I just was like, I have time and we got some updates today. And I specifically wanted to kind of do an episode talking about uh, the Dragon Prince's storm motif. So that's going to be like the main focus. And obviously like there's going to be a real slant because they're two of the characters most heavily died to that, uh, as well as some of the things that we've gotten since the last podcast episode. So we have a narrowing of the release date for season uh, five. Before it was summer, now it's going to be July specifically, which is very, very exciting. Um, a little bit, I'm, I'm curious if it'll be like after or before San Diego Comic-Con, because San Diego Comic-Con's pretty late in the month, but we'll just have to see. And we have our first kind of still of the season, um, with Terry and Claudia. And it, it is a very kind of dark sort of atmosphere, like dark, um, black trees, no leaves, like it's raining. It's, it seems almost a little bit like marshy. Um, and they're carrying what looks like an unconscious virin. Um, and so clearly the season is really doubling down on like the darker sort of like atmosphere and tone that we've seen so far in the two like promo posters of Nyx and the dragon um, on the ship heading towards what looks to be like a pirate ship with a storm brewing in. And then the second promo shot is that same pirate ship uh, being struck by lightning or something is happening there, which I think it's Callum, but again, we'll get there when we get there. Hopefully, uh, maybe, maybe I'll come home and we're going to record like another like half hour rambling. Um, so yeah, so I wanted to quickly go over, uh, Dragon Prince's storm motif for people who don't know what a motif is. It's kind of like a parallel. It's basically like, you know, a story can have a symbol and maybe, that symbol is there only like once to kind of like indicate something about a character, right? Or like, you know, if you see a dove in a story, it is probably going to have a more positive connotation unless it's being like purposefully subverted, right? Because that's typically how we associate like doves, uh, which Callum's name means dove, fun fact. And so, uh, but if that symbol keeps repeating, especially typically like three times or more, then it kind of becomes a motif. Um, and so Dragon Prince Storm Motif has always been one of my favorites, and it's kind of one of the more overt ones in the series, um, just because it's so obvious from the very beginning with, um, you know, the very first episode of the entire show is called Echoes of Thunder, and we start off the conflict with the, uh, brothers being woken up, or Asrin being woken up by the storm while Callum sketches, and they're startled by literal like thunder and lightning um and then we are also introduced to Rayla in the storm and so the assassins are very clearly painted as these are the echoes of thunder these are the consequences of murdering the dragon king and seemingly murdering his egg and heir um and so the show kind of hits the ground running one of the things that i think is fine interesting though is that the storm doesn't pop up constantly like that's really you know, this season starts that way with the storm, and then we don't really see another one per se until the end of the season when Callum smashes the primal stone. And I do think, realistically speaking, like if I had to look at the story from like a construction standpoint and from like a world building thematic standpoint, I would guess that um, what was 
probably oh there's squirrels fighting outside my window fight 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 okay um if like thinking about like you know like how why is the draconic family like why are they storm dragons specifically because they don't they didn't have to be sky dragons right but i do think what was probably happening was that erevos as the end game big bad was probably decided especially because the lore is so deep was probably decided on pretty early and then sky was seen as being this opposite of if stars is destiny then skies is freedom right and so i think probably what happened and then like callum is the embodiment of freedom and in, in the series that's his biggest like thing it's his biggest tales of zadia value as well so like that's consistent uh he's just he's continually associated with freedom with breaking other people's cycles as well as like breaking his own you know like breaking through like illusions and stuff like that and so he's really associated with that and so i think what probably happened was that they were like okay callum's gonna have this stone and it helps give him magic for the first season and then he has to sacrifice it for some reason and it's like okay well what sort of dragon would need to be born in a storm oh like a sky dragon right and then you also have kind of sort of irony of of sky like freedom dragons being the one to imprison erebos right because as of right now what erebos wants the most um is he wants freedom like that is his primary concern right now he wants to get out and so he is chasing what callum thematically embodies which i think is really interesting and so are a bunch of the characters going into season five but that could be a podcast thing all on its own but let me know if you want that i don't know it could be fun um and then erebos is maybe like late game is his idea of like justice which is more of like what ezra represents and i'm really curious about like where that will go uh because ezra and Vrela are tied to justice a lot more as like a concept um and callum is try is tied more to freedom and fairness which is also really interesting again whole other podcast getting off topic and so i think you know it was wanting to have that kind of thematic connotation with storms and there is something in literature and in a lot of stuff that we call pathetic fallacy which isn't the best name for what it describes uh where weather is associated with mood or atmosphere so we see this a lot um in the at least what i'm familiar with in the western literary canon specifically coming out of england because like the moors and the fog like you know weather was very much a present all kind of dreary right so we see in the gothic a lot uh and the example that i always think of is uh the tempest and um king lear by shakespeare because the tempest uh has a lot to do with magic and storms and freedom and like it has some really i should just do a post on the tempest and the dragon prince i might wait until season five comes out but i'm like really really curious because like there's enough there that i'm like interesting um and then king lear has this famous scene where king lear is out in the storm and he's kind of losing his mind a little uh, and so storms, for a lot of understandable human reasons, tend to represent, you know, disorientation, destruction, um, death. You know, it can also be that idea of um, death as transformation, right? So, like, the person you are going into the storm will not be the person you are coming out of the storm. And But the main thing that I find really interesting is that, so season one has those two storms, right? Like, the opening, right? And then it has the closing storm. Season three doesn't really have any storms. Like you have like winter in the flashbacks, but there's no real like storms in season three, which is one of the reasons why I also think um, 
it's such it's the most kind of like triumphant season like you know we for the main trio they win like they get what they wanted they achieve their goals everyone makes it out relatively unscathed um you know even the people who haven't like soren obviously had that trauma with like viren and like real almost died Ezra almost died count you know like there's you know it's not like there wasn't issues um but they're all kind of like where they're supposed to be as as characters right obviously that's not as true maybe for the villains but again and so what i find is like interesting right is that season four also kind of opens with a little bit of a storm so on the morning of calm's birthday it's raining it's our first establishing shot of the castle so it's clearly um you know having parallels to the earlier seasons and there might be a storm actually when Ezra comes back to the castle um in season three now that i'm thinking about it which again like we have that transformation Ezra is walking into something he's not totally sure that he's ready for right so you have all those kind of stuff but the season that absolutely has storms the most is season two and that's why i think season five is going to be a doozy because season two layers the storms on top of each other like really really intensely and so like storms rain lightning all that sort of stuff and so obviously you have 204 where calm goes out into the storm and it also has the shot in the scene that when everyone was storyboarding that they were like because originally they were like real and callum we're not gonna do it and at that point uh i'd be curious to know if season one was like done or if they went back and they provided anything because if season if season one was truly just written and storyboarded the way that we got it and there were no adjustments made when they realized that Rayla and calum were going to be a couple like if season one was just like that i'm like i don't know what y'all were doing but like they're so intense in season one already like everything's already there and it's a lot and i love it so much but that you know obviously so raylan was early born in a storm which i'm like it might not come back but it could and i'm hopeful uh for a few different reasons so obviously you have calm going down to the storm he almost gets struck by lightning he chooses not to commit right so he's having his parallel arc with viren in that episode viren doesn't go with arabelle he still has other options and callum doesn't commit super self like he's still taking risks but he can't fully commit to this self-destructive behavior uh partially because he has a self-preservation streak partially because he's like you can't risk your life to learn magic it's not worth it to him and he doesn't really go back on that choice ever uh at least for now uh but zem does get struck by lightning but he's fine which says a lot about either arch dragons or beings connected to the sky or canaan which is again exciting uh and then we have the storm again um in 207 with the dragon so everything with that is like happening in the rain calm does dark magic claudia has to choose between the egg and soren like rail is making her last stand like all that sort of stuff um soren gets paralyzed right and then like the opening episode is also very very storm heavy so it starts with the storm calm's not doing well they're going up the mountain claudia is dealing with the soren fallout and then obviously Calum starts having his dream where he's literally in a storm he's back on the ship he's drowning um and again it speaks to that 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 transformation right of the person you are when you go into the storm it's gonna change you and 
the main reason why I think I'm so intrigued going forward into, and then in season four, we have the initial storm, and then we also have Zubaya summoning the storm specifically so that they can see through the mirror and they can see Erebos, uh, even though it's dawn, right? So Dragon Prince also has a tendency where like good things don't tend to happen at dawn, which is kind of interesting. And I think that's one of the reasons why the storm motif um, is so fascinating to me and like why I wanted to kind of have this talk today is because it combines other elements of the show, right? So water is very much associated with like shame and conflict and bravery specifically. Like it's water is really, really angered to Rayla's character. And now in the short stories, like uh, Ripples about Erebos, Lost Child about Claudia and Sir Sparklewuff, and then as well um, with Zubaya, which is called All Storms End, and Zim, um, you know, storms, because they are tumultuous, right, they provide a lot of kind of elements. So there's all that stuff of like Zubaya has that like that shame and grief and love and fear and all these really complicated emotions, right? When you're feeling a storm of emotion, right? And then obviously you have the ties to water previously established. But the other really interesting thing about storms, and this is why I'm interested in how the show like portrays them, is because it falls back on that light and darkness where darkness in the show is is sometimes bad, but sometimes it's not. And you also have elements of, you have light in the show, where again, we're more inclined to think of light as being a good thing, but sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not. And I think the storm itself is very evocative of everything that Erebus represents because he's so chaotic and unpredictable and powerful and he has these positive associations with light and darkness and he has these negative associations with light and darkness like in darkness gaze upon a fallen star right in darkness you'll see this this light um and Rayla stepping through with the moon and the cube on her shoulder and you know the dark magic eyes and stuff like that but like the white on Claudia's hair is also negative you know the black side is the good side for her um and then of course when Callum is possessed his eyes are glowing like white so I think but you also have the negative associations of like Erebos had his chest piece or something his full capacity of power something along those lines and now it's like it's dark it's gone and then the cube glows white right in the 404 intro that's only for us to know as the audience right like the characters don't have any perception of what that means and so I think it's just really interesting to kind of see all those connotations. And I think that's why the storm fits so well, because I think what we're gearing up to with Erebos is that, um, you know, I'm trying to think of like how I want to articulate this. There was another thing that I had about storms. What was it? I don't know, maybe it was like lightning, because again, like lightning is the light and it can be bright and illuminating, but it can also be like destructive. And I think it falls back to that point of, you know, season five is going to push everyone to their fucking limits, I think, if this is any indication. 
and I'm really, really excited to see it. I love watching characters just, you know, they're just losing their minds, basically. And they're trying to do the right thing, but they don't really have any good options. I'm like, what do you do? And choices and conflict. Like, I, I love that stuff. And, you know, and obviously, like, for, I think it's really interesting that there's this, you know, there's this major theme in season four, and it's present in the previous seasons, but season four makes it very, very, again, overt through dialogue of this duality of, like, light and dark, good and bad, like, pain and love, right? Two cakes. And so I, that's why I feel like Erevo's getting out cannot be a wholly positive thing for the villains and cannot be a wholly negative thing for the heroes. Like, I think that's almost too easy. And so that's why I think that, like, what we'll see is we'll start to see Vera and me, like, I don't know about this, or even Terry being like, this is gonna, this is, this is gonna do more damage than I signed up for. Like, saving your dad, cool, but like, he might destroy the whole world. Like, I don't know. So I feel like we'll start to see uh, reservations on the villainous side, and I'm really curious about where Claudia will go. Lost Child was a great examination of kind of her mindset and again it's bringing back Erebos's thing with like kids of like oh they're nothing but pathetic children and but he has like he's playing a game like his children's toys the key right so there's all that kind of stuff and a child is freer than a king like there's all this stuff to it um and so i'm i'm just yeah and then for the heroes like obviously i do think callum will eventually have an incentive to free Erebos on purpose. And that makes sense to me because if Erebos is like the storm, um, Calum already has released one. And, you know, there's all this stuff of like, oh, really, like the whole world is a primal stone and you smash that primal stone. Like if we're following the metaphors, it, it's painting a really interesting <laughs> picture. And I also think it's I, the main reason why I'm like, I think this is all going to come to a head. And I think the storm motif for, you know, obviously the reflection in water that was mainly anchored to to Rayla and then briefly to Athari as a character um, is now being expanded. So that's really exciting. Like Claudia has it now. Now, Erebos kind of has it now. Um I'm sure we'll see something like that for Callum because, and also if you're interested in more thoughts on like what water symbolizes in the series, I have a meta on my Tumblr. It's in my meta directory. You can click on the page, you can scroll down. Uh, it, it, it's all about the different levels of like water symbolism and like ocean and navigation and transformation and uh, depths versus surface level and all that sort of stuff. So it's all kind of adjacent to this. Um, and so what I think what really excites me is that when Rayla left and threw the moon, she went out into the storm. And so she's a character in a lot of ways where she was already one of the Echoes of Thunder. And I feel like Erebos is too. And anyone who knows me at all knows that I love my Rayla Erebos. Banished elves, ghosted, sympathetic to humans. They're both hunting a high, each other's high mage. They're both trying to save each, like a respective high mage, like... They both bow on secret paths to Zadia. Like, they're both seen as traitors. Mm, chef's kiss. Love them. 
love that foil dynamic and the way that it enter you know they both have to earn Callum and Viren's trust like respectively and then even in season four you know Viren's relationship with Erebos isn't what it was in season three he's having more kind of like doubts and reservations but like Claudia's confident like oh Erebos will save you even though like it's clear that like this is also a self-destructive path and then you have Rayla being like a perfect mirror where like her relationship with Callum is not what it was she also fucked it up um and she's specifically the one who fucked Erebos and Viren over. Um, but, like, Rayla being told, like, oh, like, you have to kill me. And, like, she's probably going to be the one to, like, save Callum. And I think even that's really interesting because her big character, like, introduction moment is when she fails to kill Marcos in the storm. And that put her team at risk. And I think it'll be interesting to watch her like purposefully choose to not kill. And if, if she if she tries, I'll be like, oh my god, yay! Like I'm I'm here for shit getting messy as hell. I'm here for murder as an act of love. I'm like, yes, mm, delicious. But if she refuses to kill him, then then that's gonna put the world at risk. Like, and it, it pans out for her. This is my thing, right? I'm like, season five cannot end well. Like. It has to end badly. Like season five and season six, I'm like, we're in the Dragon Prince's tragedy arc. It's not going to go well. And so what I think is like really interesting, right, is like Rayla can save Callum. It, it's the symbolism there. Like, you know, the, the setup is there. I've, I've talked about that before, so I'm not going to go too much into it. I'm like, you can watch the other podcast stuff or anything that any meta that I've written in the past like three months touches on it I'm sure um as light in the darkness but like again light isn't always a good thing right and so I think it's like this aspect of like she can save him and it won't be enough like no matter what anyone does in this season going forward either Erebos gets out and I do think that he will this season or uh whether um he he does or doesn't or whatever but i'm like everything they do in season five will not be enough to stop him everything they do in season six will not be enough to stop him like we know the way that this story is going to be written in terms of just like structure like they can't have their big bad defeated in like episode three of season five like it just it doesn't make sense it's not how it's gonna work right and so um with rail i think it's really interesting how heavily she's been tied to the storm where she starts the, the the arc one of going off on a mission to kill a king of Catullus in a storm and then she ends arc one in terms of through the moon of going off into a storm to kill a king of Catullus right like if you kind of follow through and you know or even just like she goes to kill a high mage and now she in season four she wants to save a high mage right so everything with her is like is very very tight and then Callum is heavily tied to storms because that's what led to like the arcanum discovery and you know his emotional state and I do think that he is likely either being conducting the lightning or being struck by lightning but like I do think that he's the reason that uh lightning is striking the boat or being channeled up from the boat in terms of destruction um in the in the season five poster 
because that just makes like the most sense because the only other person it could be would be Zim. And I do think that Zim and Zubeo will probably be having their own little like subplot or something this season because like they don't need to be as involved. Um, and like if the kids could fly, why have a fucking boat in the first place? So I'm like very much like intrigued along like that lines of like what would and also like I've wanted this for a long time so I'm just like what is making Callum lose his mind and his shit enough that either he can't control his magic or he is controlling his magic but he's doing something where like that boat is not surviving that lightning strike like it's it's gonna be bad so it's like where are they gonna go I think Domina Profundus might like save them but I do think it's like some sort of desperate last ditch like to protect and that's like what it really comes down to i think i think the storm is again gonna have like season five is gonna be so good because again like the two characters who are most like everyone who's most heavily tied to the storm right now has been set up to have massive arcs in season Five. Like, Rila has the coins and the possession plotline and just her relationship and dynamic with Callum in general, as well as maybe getting to learn and work through some of her own actual emotional issues in terms of, like, she deserves to be saved. She's not worthless. It doesn't always have to be her. You know, that that's sacrificing. Um, and again, we see that perfectly kind of accentuated in Through the Moon and through her letter where she goes out into the storm and she says, like, making hard choices and going to dark places is an act of love. It's a gift. Like, it's very Erevosi kind of, like, language, gift-giving and light and dark and all that sort of stuff. Um, You know, and then we have Callum, who's also really heavily tied to the storm. Claudia and Soren both have big moments. They're not as tied to it, but 207 and 208 are really important episodes for them, so it's really 207. So, like, there's enough there in some ways. Um, And then Viren is kind of um, tied to the storm in regards to his history with, like, Thunder, um in terms of like oh the storm had come and like sarai and like so the storm is specifically like loss of a loved one or wanting to protect a loved one um and so i think that that is also really important because i was thinking about it i'm like well in season five we're going to be learning more about uh viren and soren's bond and we know it looks like while viren's passed out he's going to be having dreams or flashbacks or whatever because one of the out of context spoilers that we have is conversations with Kapar, like four season five specifically. And Kapar was his mentor who was like, I don't know if you should do this thing to save your son. And Viren went, fuck you. And he did it anyway. Uh, it ruined his marriage, but it saved Soren's life. And so it seems like we're going to be learning more about that. And I wonder if Viren might also see Terry and Claudia almost going down a similar-ish path to him and Lissa, like dark magic is going to destroy this dynamic if you keep pushing. So him maybe trying to ward Claudia off that, as well as, again, like the parallels between like Claudia and Terry falling apart, maybe while Helm and Rayla fall back together. Um, so I do think that like this, I'm so excited. I'm going to cry. I'm so excited. Because I love symbolism, and I love symbolism so much. And the Dragon Prince has always done such a good job with it. But season four made me so happy because season four just takes all these little 
tiny background things of like, well, a narrative of love isn't that straightforward. Like love can also be destructive and light isn't always good and like blah, 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 blah. Like all those little things, symbolic things and like plot things that were just kind of in the background. And they brought them all to the forefront. And like season five is just going to be that, but even more. And it's just going to be even more messy and interesting and like deeply, deeply symbolic. And it, it, I'm, I'm so happy. I really think it's going to be my favorite season. I'm so excited. I hope you are too. If anyone has any other like questions or thoughts, um, it's Renan's birthday. That's kind of exciting today. Um, and just, it's going to be fucking amazing. And I'm going to cry so much. Even like Aravos crying in the rain in his short story, like the tone has been set and it's going to be fucking sad. And like, I'm, I can't wait to cry. I can't wait to watch everyone have breakdowns. Ah, yeah, I think that's all I got, basically. I'm just... I, I feel like a kid in a candy store. <laughs> uh, but thank you for listening. Uh, I hope you have a lovely day. Uh, and dragons out. Peace.